I am sure we can all tell stories of times in our lives when we have felt incredibly burdened. Time when perhaps sleep has escaped us as we have lain awake and worried and mauled and ruminated. Or times when we have had no energy or will for the good things in life because of the burdens we are carrying. We all have different ways of carrying our burdens, but generally speaking, there is an element of self-destructive behavior that is damaging to our emotional, spiritual, and physical selves. The last few months have been incredibly challenging, if not for us individually, then for others we know and care about. This pandemic has brought on burdens we couldn't have imagined even six months ago, and it may have complicated burdens we were already carrying. The gospel this morning contains words that are familiar and generally comforting to us. Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I'm going to get to these words, but I want to look at what is going on at the beginning of the reading. This passage comes at the end of Jesus' explanation about the relationship of differences of him, between himself and John the Baptist. One commentator suggested inserting Jesus in the first phrase so that it says, Jesus played a pipe for you and you did not dance. Think of it as a reference to Jesus' ministry. Think of Jesus as Lord of the dance, but the people, the children, did not dance the dance of Jesus. Jesus understood a life of abundance. His first miracle, after all, was at a wedding. But people were critical of Jesus saying, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In the next phrase, insert John the Baptist. So it would say, John wailed and you did not mourn. Think of this as a reference to John's ministry. John lived an ascetic life, one of poverty and incredible simplicity. But the people rejected that as well. Here were offered two valid forms of spirituality, and both have been rejected. This is how this particular part of the reading um, is laid out in the message. How can I account for this generation? The people have been like spoil, spoiled children whining to their parents. We wanted to skip rope and you were always too tired. We wanted to talk, but you were always too busy. John came fasting and they called him crazy. I came feasting and they called me a lush, a friend of the riffraff. Opinion polls don't count for much, do they? The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Although Jesus points out these discrepancies and compares the people to children, which would be considered a real insult, his response is not harsh, but rather gentle and inviting. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does it mean to be yoked, to take Jesus' yoke upon us? I think this is an important question. Matthew's gospel is very focused on making disciples. <clears throat> and so it is fair to ask what it means to be yoked in the context of discipleship. I was at a meeting a while ago where someone was talking about training a team of horses. Now, some of you may have had that experience or know someone who has. Apparently, it isn't the simplest thing to do. 
If the horses don't all step out at the same time, they can't move forward. There are ways that one has to train the horses. One of the things a trainer does is to put a young and inexperienced horse with an experienced horse. Another fact is that an overly dominant horse does not work well with a team of horses, and so on. I guess oxen are similar. Christian writer Karen Pashley has this to say, yoked or zugos in Greek refers to two oxen fastened together, usually with a straight beam that sits atop the oxen's necks and connects to a U-shaped oxbow that puts pressure on the shoulders to keep the team moving in the same direction. The yoke keeps the two animals looking forward and permits them to stand next to each other without fidgeting or aggravating the other member of the team. The point of yoking the animals together is that there is work to be done. It's not just so the animals are confined to close quarters day after day with nothing to do. Being joined together is one thing. Being yoked together is another. There is an objective. When successfully yoked, the team can pull substantially larger and heavier loads. Keyword, team. They can accomplish far more together than apart. They have purpose, focus, goals. And Pashley continues, in my research, I learned that camels, horses, and mules can be yoked to do agricultural work in various cultures and climates, either a single animal or a pair. But oxen are almost always yoked in pairs. Oxen are strong beasts capable of pulling heavy loads on their own, and yet they work better in tandem when yoked together. Without the yoke, these two dum-dums would be fighting against the reins, distracted, more concerned with their own interests rather than that of their team. The farmer would get frustrated if his animals weren't cooperating, cooperating, weren't following his commands. And that's the end of the quote from Ashley. There's some good food for thought here. Here are some phrases that caught my attention. Moving in the same direction. If the oxen tried to go in different ways, they would get nowhere and there is a good chance one or both of them could be hurt. There needs to be singleness of purpose, and it's the far farmer's purpose, not theirs. Being yoked helps in that regard. In our lives as the church, it is at times an incredible challenge to find singleness of purpose. So how do we discern God's purpose for God's church? Looking forward. The yoke causes the oxen to look forward, to look to the direction that the farmer wishes them to go. How do we look back in ways that aren't helpful? How do we dwell on things that have happened and that we can't make unhappen? In what ways do we wish for the good old days? Do we look back on past failures and fear the future? It seems perhaps we need a yoke to help us look forward. There is work to be done. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is now. The kingdom is not some hazy, futuristic concept. As Jesus' disciples, there is indeed work to be done. If we are spending our time looking inward at our problems, arguing about the best way to do things, and running off in our own direction without consulting and sharing, we aren't going to get the work done. Again, we need a yoke to keep us in line. Team. People working together can do more than the sum of the total parts. Just like the oxen, we are more likely to be focused on the goal when we work together. 
There is a level of accountability to God and to each other. We are stronger and more efficient together. So I have a couple of questions. First of all, what is the metaphorical yoke? And secondly, how do we become yoked? Let's look a bit more closely at this imagery. Imagine God is the farmer. God knows we can't fulfill God's purposes on our own, so God sent Jesus. Jesus is the mature animal to whom we are yoked. Jesus is our mentor. We have to learn to be like Jesus. And the yoke? I would like to think of the yoke as the Holy Spirit. We have the strength and power of the Holy Spirit to make it possible to join with Jesus in fulfilling God's purpose in the world. Although Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, we have to realize that he isn't saying there is no work to be done. A yoke in and of itself implies work. But the yoke, if we don't struggle against it, will not be heavier than we can bear. Each day, we can begin by saying, come, Holy Spirit, come, as a way of yoking ourselves to Jesus for the day ahead. And the burden may be light, but burden it is. Light and easy are not necessarily the same thing. But thanks be to God, it is not something we are meant to struggle with on our own. One of my favorite commentators, David Lowe, says this, we often would prefer a God who takes away our problems rather than help us cope with them, who eliminates challenges rather than equips us for them, and who vanquishes our opponents rather than enables us to make peace with them. Again, it's not usually what we want, but pretty much exactly what we need. We want to always remember the good farmer and the one who mentors us. We need to be able to, to discern whose voice we are listening to. Sometimes that is difficult and uncomfortable because sometimes Jesus speaks to those to whom we would rather not listen. Sometimes we have to stop and say, I am working against the team. I am getting in the way. Again, thanks be to God that we have a loving farmer and a gentle mentor and we have been given a proper yoke. We are equipped. And when we try to go off in the wrong direction, we are always welcomed back by our loving farmer and gentle mentor. I began this morning by speaking of how carrying burdens can be unhealthy. This is true for a team as well. Sometimes a burdened team can begin to work at cross purposes. Sometimes we need to consider when we have pulled against the team or when we haven't pulled our weight, when we haven't listened to the mentor. Perhaps sometimes the team needs to stop and rest from its labors and just spend time with the good farmer, knowing that after a period of rest and care, it will be ready once again to accept the yoke. We all carry burdens, and sometimes these burdens seem too big to manage. But Jesus calls us to come. And isn't this the primary message of Jesus? Come to me. Follow me. Perhaps we can look at our burdens as presenting us with an opportunity to once again hear and follow the call of Jesus. Come. Because in the end, this is a passage about discipleship, not self-care. This call is a call to learn a new way of living and being. It is a call that invites us into understanding the nature of God and God's will in new and meaningful ways. I want to end by uh, sharing this passage from the message again. Are you tired? 
worn out, burned out, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen.